In you, O Lord, have I taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. Good morning to you all. I'm coming to you via the wonderful ministry of Zoom. According to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, an outcast is a person who has been rejected by society or a social group. Synonyms for outcast include pariah, persona non grata, exile, and refugee. Today's gospel tells us how Jesus, a revered teacher and scholar, became an outcast in his hometown of Nazareth. One moment, the synagogue members are exclaiming with amazement how gracious he is and all, talking about all the wonderful things he's done and how good it is to have him back in the community so he can do for them what he's done for others. And in what seems to be the blink of an eye, the next thing we read is that they are driving him out of the town and preparing to hurl him off a cliff thereby casting him out of their community. Why? What did he do? Well, he told them the truth. Jesus, like all prophets, was gifted with profound moral insight and exceptional powers of expression. He performed miracles, and preached the good news as God directed in places where those gifts were needed and might be welcomed. Nazareth was not one of those places. Jesus knew that they would never accept him, his message, or the work God had called him to do. He knew he would never be allowed to be his authentic self, the person God created long before he became to life in Mary's womb. He knew all this and he told them so. A gospel lesson like this one invites us to deeply explore the connections between our lives and what scripture says about Jesus' experiences. In this story, Jesus goes from being respected to being rejected. Like many of us, and like many of the stories I have heard over the last years and decades of my life, it is a story of people who have been thrown away. I have heard many stories of people whose families, religious communities, and friends made them outcasts. Sometimes it was because someone came out and shared their authentic identity. Sometimes it was because someone fell in love and wanted to make a life with someone from a different culture or ethnicity. And sometimes it was because upon exploring their spiritual truth, a person came to believe that their faith community values and their own were no longer aligned. 
whatever the reason, they all talk to me about the pain they carry still from having been cut off from a group of people they loved and for whom they cared. In today's polarized political environment, people share what it is like to go to what was once a happy family occasion with a mental list of what not to talk about, lest it fracture a fragile peace. I've read stories about people who won't tell others they are vaccinated so they won't be rejected by their peer group. Once highly valued as foundations for trust, truth and authenticity are becoming two edged swords. If one person tells the truth that everyone wants to hear, well, okay, that's good. If a truth becomes a subject for debate, however, look out. Whose truth is the truth? What truth is the real truth? Where did you get your truth? My truth's better than your truth. People also wonder how authentic can I be? What if my views are different? How safe is it to share any or all of who I am and what I believe with these people that I care for? Becoming an outcast may be immediate or it can happen over time. It can happen because we learn that it's not okay to be and say, what we understand to be true. However it happens, becoming an outcast is a distressing experience because we are raised with the belief that belonging is an essential element for survival. There is a quote attributed to the poet Robert Frost Home is where, when you have to go there, they have to take you in. In some families, this is true. Home is a haven where one is welcome and can be who they are. The conversations in these homes include a variety of ideas and differences of opinion. People lovingly agree to disagree. Love is present in all the ways described in 1 Corinthians. People are kind, they are patient, and they rejoice in the truth. These folk do not insist on having only their way, and they are not irritable or resentful if someone has a different opinion. A sense of home may come from your family of origin, the tribe in which you were born. Home can also be a family of choice comprised of friends who are there for you no matter what. To me, the very definition of home means that no one is an outcast. 
you are accepted and beloved as you are. At its best, the church is a spiritual home where truth, love, and authenticity abound, where all are welcome. I remember the first time I heard Pastor Stephen say, and I'll have to paraphrase here because I'm not exactly sure I've got it right. But I remember when he said, whoever you are and wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you enrich us with your presence. It is a profound affirmation that every one of us belongs. We belong to this church. We belong in this community. We belong to one another. We have no outcasts here. Churches, including this one, however, are not perfect. And many people come through our doors from faith communities that have made it difficult to ever again trust in or believe things said and done in the name of God. Sometimes people who have had this experience share their outcast story with us. And when they do, it is helpful to respectfully listen and to recognize how vulnerable it may be for them to tell about these experiences. There is a lot more to say by people much wiser than me about how to be there for others and how to listen to those who have been hurt. These are important skills to learn and it takes time for them to become natural to us and they won't unless we practice them. As I continue to ponder the lessons of this gospel story, I also think about how Jesus must have felt after these people he studied with and grew up with and lived with and enjoyed. How did he feel about them after they tried to kill him? The gospel passage for our today tells us that he, he passed through the midst of them and went on his way. We will never know if he was saddened or hurt by the experience. We will never know if he ever carried any trauma from that event. We only know that he went on his way and continued to do his best to be the prophet that God asked him to be. It's a personal belief thing, but I really do think that before he moved on, he forgave them. Because to me, that's the kind of guy he was. Why do we cast people out of our lives? I have come to believe that almost every societal ill comes from the absence of love. Without love, there is no justice. There is no truth. There is no honor. There is no equity. There is no acceptance. And there is no freedom. We cast people out because we do not love them. 
And if we are not loving our family members, our friends and our neighbors as ourselves, then we must face that truth of who we are and what we have done and ask for forgiveness. Acknowledging the harms we cause others becomes part of the work we need to do to reconcile with God and our neighbor. Desmond Tutu once said, forgiving and being reconciled to our enemies or our loved ones is not about pretending that things are other than they are. It is not about patting one another on the back and turning a blind eye to the wrong. True reconciliation exposes the awfulness, the abuse, the hurt, and the truth. It could even sometimes make things worse. It is a risky undertaking, but in the end, it is worthwhile because only an honest confrontation with reality can bring real healing. So what are we to do about the state of affairs? I wanna share with you a statement about our church and the work that we are trying to do to become a beloved community. This is what it says on the Beloved Community's website. As the Episcopal branch of the Jesus movement, we dream and work to foster beloved communities where all people may experience dignity and abundant life and see themselves and others as beloved children of God. The Becoming Beloved Community vision document and accompanying resources help us to understand and take up the long-term commitments necessary to form loving, liberating, and life-giving relationships with each other. Together, we are growing as reconcilers, justice makers, and healers in the name of Christ. It is a vision of what we can and should be. And I think it is safe to say that in a true beloved community, there will never be outcasts.